companies that set out to change the world should stand for something, something that matters. For Tanium, it was managing and protecting the world's growing number of endpoints. Tanium empowers organizations to embrace digital transformation and change the way people both work and live. They help critical government agencies see what's coming, protect and defend five branches of the U.S. military, and more than half of the Fortune 100 rely on Tanium to manage and secure their critical assets. To learn more, visit Tanium.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello and welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and hopefully promote evolutionary thinking. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour we'll be exploring the transformative power of surprise. If you don't change directions, you may just end up where you're heading. Lo Tzu. We're all aware of the harsh realities of life. One look at the disturbing current state of affairs reveals we're riding a hellbound reality train in desperate need of derailing. So what is reality, really? The nature of reality is a much debated and confusing topic. Our current concept of reality is limited and monodimensional. Everything is comprised of frequencies. The bandwidth of frequencies we're privy to is limited to what we can perceive by our five senses. The linear mind does not decipher frequencies. In order to put frequencies into a framework the mind can understand, they're allegorically represented in the imagination. A holographic reality is generated by our allegorical interpretation of the frequencies bathing us at any given time. This comprises our concept of physical reality. We actually live in a holographic reality comprised of fluid synchronicities. Frequencies are by their very nature fluid and changeable. Therefore, the hologram is also malleable. 
However, we tend to perceive these holographic symbols as solid, real, and fixed. Thus, the needed derailing of the reality train. While the holographic nature of reality is like clay to be molded, we often perceive it as already fired, set in stone, unchangeable. This concept results in a living a rerun rather than creating something new and more to our liking. So how do we derail the train? How do we shatter the hologram? How do we shake out of the old limiting belief systems that stifle our natural ability to create? Never underestimate the power of surprise. With us this hour to unveil the amazing transformative power of surprise is Deidre Hade, a mystic spiritual teacher, master healer, and visionary leader in the ancient arts of wisdom traditions. She, along with her husband, created, creator and producer of the film What the Bleep Do We Know, William Arns, created the not-so-little book of surprises. Her website, DeidreHade.com. Deidre, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. Well, thank you, Golda. It's just so delightful to be here with you. Yeah, we, we, sh- we should have fun with this. It's surprising. What do you think? Yeah, well, we hope. We're hoping it's surprising. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what exactly are the ancient arts of wisdom traditions? Well, they are really the, uh, the teaching of frequency, the working with energy, the mystical and mystery school. Uh, I've studied uh, Kabbalah for, and Jewish mysticism for over 20 years, and I've also had a guru in India for 12 years, and I studied the I Am material. I mean, ever since I was 16, I have been uh, really focused on the mystery and the mystical um, and bringing it all together for people to understand. That's, that's, so what brought you to it in the first place? Well, I was, I was born uh, being able to see a greater reality, experience a greater reality, such as with you know, the angels. I had angels that would come visit me. Um, I don't know. Well, then maybe you know. Maybe I got hit on my head with a rock. But uh, for whatever reason, I could just do this, and it pretty much lasted um, in come and go in phases throughout my life. Um, but when I was 16, I, I hadn't had any kind of a visitation in a long, long time, and I really just was starting to become your normal teenager, and I wasn't really interested in anything spiritual. Uh, well, we're going to have to pick up with what happened when you mm-hmm. were 16 on the other side of a commercial break. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Deidre and I will return shortly, mm-hmm. so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. The Science of Magic is proud to be produced by Realmar McConnell, media company out of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is the author of the not-so-little book of surprises, Deirdre Hayde. Her website, DeirdreHayde.com. Deirdre, we were just starting to talk about what happened to you when you were 16. Yes, yeah, so my mother was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer, and she was given a year to live. Mm. And it was very, very devastating, uh, as you can imagine. And she was in bed and very depressed. This is back before they had any support for uh, breast cancer um, victims. And um, I started praying over her. And my parents were scientists, physiologists and biochemists, research scientists from the University of Chicago, and so our household was a pretty science-filled atheist household. But I <laughs> Here you started, are trying to pray. <laughs> and yeah, but I just I said I want my mom to live on. I'm going to see if this prayer stuff works. And it was amazing. Uh, one night, uh, my mom said to me, she she said, "Do you see this light in the room? There's a there's a light." And I opened my eyes. I said, "Oh my gosh, you're right. There's a light in this room." Mm. And Someone must have turned the lights on. I ran around the room. Nobody had turned the lights on. And then my mother said, oh, my pain is gone. And she ended up living 13 years longer than they gave her. And they said it was a complete miracle. And then that same light, she said to me, I want to go home now. And that same light took her home and then she she passed 13 years later and that really that just that did it I said I have to find out uh, what this is science cannot explain yeah you know it's amazing Uh, to me because science um, in this day and age is kind of set up the parameters for our our reality and when something starts to bridge that holographic reality I usually get a major case of goosebumps, okay? In other words, I, right. I might not know what's bridging it, but I just start goosebumping all over. And I have to tell you, when I was looking over your book, I experienced them nonstop. So what's with that? Wow. Well, well, that's, uh, that's exciting that you have that wonderful experience of feeling the energy. So 
the the words in the book were really given to me from a, a greater reality. Um, you could say angels, archangels, or different prophets, and and I know that that sounds a bit far fetched. So. Um, I say that very lightly and also with uh, an understanding of, of, of skepticism. But I think in today's world, people are much more open that there are these energies that bring phenomenal wisdom. And that's what's in the not-so-little book of surprises. Will called it that, my husband Will Arndt, because he said that it was so surprising, the information was surprising. Hmm. And the information really has a frequency to it. We say that this is a living book. It's a magical book. Um, it's with the photos, the fact that it's an art book. Uh, I wanted it to to be like an ancient book of uh, of incantations on the divine um, so for you to say that you got goosebumps makes all of us really happy. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was quite the experience. So, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned here being here in a time of new beginnings. What do you mean by that? That we are in the 21st century beginning a new chapter for humanity. Uh, just with, let's just from the very material we're beginning with this new technology that's going to re- revolutionize what it means to be human. Um, and this technology has a light side and it also has a dark side to it. And we're going to be posed to have to look at many ethical um, and moral questions about what does it mean to be human and what is our, you know, how much should we tamper with, with any of this. Uh, the other reason that we're at a time of new beginnings is because with this great change uh, comes a great um, opportunity for us to transform consciousness, for humanity to be able to open up to an inner spiritual self that I call that our mystic within, where we have intuition where we have a knowingness of what's coming, where we have communication with the natural elements and can what, hear her wisdom. What What is causing this shift at this time? I believe that much of it is astrological, though I'm not an astrologer. Um, that's what I see in my visioning. I, I do see this uh, great astrological shift. It's just, it's time. Uh, and the other thing is the human soul is a collective soul of one soul, meaning we have 8 billion souls here. We're all part of one soul. And this one soul is on a journey to know itself and to regain its superpowers and become uh, an energy of, of divine love. So if, so, we have eight, if we're one soul and we have 8 billion souls here, um, does that mean we're more fragmented than we were when we had one soul and there were much fewer people on the planet? Well, that's an excellent, excellent question. I would say that, yes, we are more fragmented, but not because there are more souls, but we are more fragmented because the ego of each person makes it so the soul cannot communicate with itself. 
Now, that's an oxymoron because it does communicate with itself. It is itself, but consciously there's a split. There's a separation so that we don't hear it because we have this, our beautiful ego that we're here to grow up and to teach how to hear the soul. So if, if that's the case, it sounds like we've got a perceptual problem going on. How do our perceptions yes. affect reality? Well, our perceptions very much will color how you experience reality. Um, but it, in the, the regular mundane material world, it doesn't necessarily create that reality. Now, let me explain, because in a lot of spiritual thought there, we have you create your reality. So that's a, that's a very deep truth. Um, but on the level of our everyday experience, Experience where we're living our lives, you and I are going to see the same tree out our window. But our experience of that tree can be vastly different based on our history and our pattern of belief of what that tree could or could not mean. On a deeper level, well, the, that the ability more we say we create this reality. You know, that's, um, there's many different metaphysical thoughts. You know, one, the indigenous, which I happen to align with, you know, we're dreaming this whole thing up. This world is an illusion, but it is a very, very real illusion. Well, don't um, we need that so, illusion? Don't we need that illusion to relate? Well, we need that illusion so we can have fun and play and learn and grow. And so... The who we are can know who we are. I mean, this is a great place to be. It's a wonderful place. Uh, we just want to restore it to that wonderful place. Can, can, this is going to be a tough one, okay? So I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> what, would you define reality for us? I mean, we're talking about reality. What is it exactly? Well, that's a very good question also. And we all have different meanings of reality. So I'll just share mine. As a mystic... Um, I have one foot grounded in the material reality. That's the reality of here's a table, there's a floor, there's a wall, third dimensional frequency. And then I have another foot in the alternative, another reality. This reality is usually unseen by most people's eyes. You can feel it like you felt goosebumps, you felt energy, but, but most of the time you can't really see it. So what I have been, uh, like I said, probably knocked on the head because <laughs> I can have this experience. I guide people to being able to visually see the, a greater reality. What that greater reality is for me is a, uh, a reality of light, of, of, of temples, of angels, of spiritual beings. Uh, do you do you think the two mm -hmm. do you think the two what we might call ordinary reality and now the more mystic reality you're speaking about do you think they're coming together or shifting uh, perspective to each uh, relationship to each other at this time? Well, they've always been together. They've always been side by side. Uh, they've never gotten closer or farther away, at least in this incarnation of the human. They're right there. It's, a, she's a, it's what I call her the, the sister world on the other side of the veil. And our awakening, really, from what I see, is to be able to open this veil 
from the third dimension, be able to see through to the other side and be able to know ourselves as these spiritual beings that we are. And that, that we're here to learn how to do that. It's real so where, where do surprises play into this shift? Well, surprises, the great thing about a surprise is that you, your brain goes into a neuroplasticity, which means that you can learn faster. You can learn in a quantum field. You can have a new experience. And every time there's a discovery, whether it's science or whether you have an aha of transpersonal growth or whether you meet the boot on the road, any of these things is a surprise. Humor is a surprise. And when that happens, Gwilda, we're given an opportunity to change our patterns, those things that keep us in a lockbox. We can change those patterns very quickly when we're in the experience of surprise. So are you saying that a surprise knocks us out of our neurological rut? I would say that, yes, that's what it does for a moment. The neuroplasticity of the brain changes. And then we have an option to either go back into the rut or consider other options? Absolutely. And typically what happens in a surprise, if it's a fun surprise like humor, it's great. You know, we feel good afterwards. We all feel good. Um, If it's a negative surprise, like an accident, we go into fear and trauma and anxiety. Anxiety. So what I'm saying is that when it's a fun surprise, uh, immediately lay down some thoughts that you want to have in your net, you want to have in your pattern, because that thought, that affirmation will go very deep uh, into your brain. And what I'm saying is when if an accident happens, uh, it's a surprise, it's a, it's a painful surprise, to have a practice to stay out of uh, that panic and fear and go right into an ability to gain your intuition, uh, your wisdom, and your powers to heal. Well, we're going to have to take a break here in a little bit, but on the other side of it, I'd really like to go into how the uh, sense of humor and surprise that we uh, dance with in shamanism and the mystic arts uh, play into this whole scenario. So it is time for a short pause. Deirdre and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is the author of the not-so-little book of surprises, Deirdre Hayde. Her website, DeirdreHayde.com. Deirdre, we were dancing with surprises, and one thing that sticks in my mind, is, and I've heard it from various sources, but they say, never trust a shaman without a sense of humor. And you just mentioned how humor is a surprise that drives us out of all our old neurological pathways. And if there's one thing that's a shaman's job, it's trying to bridge those, you know, the, the old stories with something new uh, to affect healing or change. Would you speak to that, please? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I, I, I don't know if, if never trust a shaman, it is a sense of humor, but I do know that all of the great shamans and healers I've worked with all have a really great sense of humor. I think um, it's part of the uh, divine, um, the cosmic joke, shall we say, and once you've peered into a greater reality and you become a guide for that greater reality, like a shaman, you, you, you have to have a sense of humor because you just see the cosmic joke. You see the bigger picture uh, of why we're here and what the suffering um is all about and the thing about working with a shaman is that you you are knocked off of your <clears throat> excuse me your everyday uh, idea of how to see reality and and that's surprising and when you get knocked off it can be disconcerting but it does something very deep it actually reorders ourselves deep in our psyche to have a wider viewpoint of this reality. And when that happens, we actually feel a comfort. We feel safer. We feel uh, more connected. Don't you think taking ourselves too seriously is part of what locks us in the old stories? Absolutely. I do think that keeps us locked in stories that don't serve. You know, we all have a story, and our stories really aren't going anywhere. Uh, they They... They're a, a kind of a vessel that holds us. I'm not saying that's who we are, but that they are a vessel that holds us, our ego, uh, together and our mind together. So having a good sense of humor, being able to watch our story from a different perspective is really very freeing. And what? tell us a little more about stories. How do we write our stories? What, what sets them in place? Well, stories are experience. We all have experience. And our mind, our brain, the way we're put together, our psyche, is filled with, with a storyline. You know, they say there's like only four, four stories out there. Um, and those storylines uh, are have archetypes in them that we each hold. It's part of our human consciousness. And we really learn through story. You think of all the great uh, religious and mystical tracts, they're stories. They're based on stories. The indigenous people, uh, everything is a story. So there's a magic in story. There are miracles in story. And what we want to do is if we have a story that that is a, a story that's keeping us from being free, from mm -hmm. being our full potential, what we want to do is heal that story. And there's a series of techniques and tools that I use with uh, so people can heal that story. And um, You know what I find interesting about level. story? 
you know, we can be from the same family or in the same classroom when something goes down or in the same crowd when something goes down and everybody will have a different story about it. So how does that play in here? Well, that again gets back to our perspective, how our experience of that story is. The other thing is too, and they've shown this, is that memory can change. You know, one person will remember one thing and another will remember something else. Memory is very fluid. It's not always accurate, um, but it is the way we store information. So, What about, what about the Mandela effect? Tell me about the Mandela effect. Well, that's when uh, a group, uh, a surprising number, a surprising number of people mm-hmm. have the same alternate memory of an event. So the event will be recorded one way, but then another whole group will ha- remember it in a totally different way, and they probably have never even met each other. That's what it is. So it's like, are these different timelines? Are these different realities? What are we looking at? Well, from the mystical point of view, we come in as soul groups. We have people uh, really around the world that we are in conversation with and experiencing life together. We may meet these uh, some of these other souls. We may not. And that, for me, would be an explanation for this, that, that the, there are people in different places having the same experience is because they're all connected. The other thing that happens, Gwilda, is as we uh, divide and multiply, let's say there's 8 billion souls now, all of our souls coming from the first soul, the first creation, and then the two, and then the four, and so on, these, our souls are part of, uh, we have twin flames, we have groups of souls, uh, sub-souls, one soul, you know, that's really, when you meet someone sometimes and you recognize each other and say, oh, my God, you're my soulmate. You know, that's true. We kind of say that, flip it. But that's what happens when you meet someone and you say, I know you. Um, there's that soul recognition of we're part of, part of the same, uh, same tribe. So let's change gears a little bit here. Yes. What is nature's language? You speak of that. Well, nature's language is a language in which there is harmony and order, even during change. All of nature communicates with each other in a different kind of language, a different frequency. Um, Small children, shamans, uh, mystics, there are people in life who, who can actually hear nature and report what nature has to say. Um, But for the Western mind, most of us have forgotten that language. And so what I say in the uh, book of surprises is, you know, rediscover that language because there is a wisdom and there is, you know, life-saving information for all of us. Is the is the nature is the nature of language is the language of nature a continuum? I mean, I think it's always shifting where we're living from compartmentalized stories. So, does it kind of fill the space between our stories? Well, I wouldn't say it fills the space between our stories, but I would say that it is it is the greater story. Uh, the na- nature's language um, is a frequency of knowingness. 
And when you drop into nature's language, you will know it, but you won't be able to explain it. You won't, it'll be very difficult for you to put it into words. It's a kind of knowingness of, an, of order. And from that knowingness, you will know where to move, where not to move. So you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're tuned into the order, you will sense disorder and be able to avoid it? Yes. Ah. So how can we learn to speak nature's language? Well, first thing you can do is uh, very simply, and many, many, many people are doing this today, so we can just continue, and that is to meditate, uh, to have a practice of mindfulness, um, to uh, one one of the techniques I use is to um, when you quiet the mind uh, to just to imagine that that inside of your belly there is a golden orb of light a brilliant golden orb of light and this golden orb is a kind of antenna with nature's language really feel it in your body so that you're completely, your mind is down in your belly and you're just sitting in the middle of this golden orb. And now just practice breathing from this golden orb and go into your feeling tone. And that's where you start to, to know nature's language. It's a feeling tone. It's, it's a shift in how you feel here in your body. So it's more kinesthetic and more body-centered. Yes. That, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because we are physically made mm-hmm. of the same thing as nature, yeah. It's just Absolutely. our minds that get in the way. <laughs> yes, so the, or the ego mind is what gets in the way, but our body is, is, has the same structure and has a knowledge the way the trees do or the way an animal does, a sense, a knowingness. Uh, there's a wisdom. It's just we don't listen. You know, we're, we get cut off and we don't listen to the body. So I'm saying get get down into your body and feel that uh, that feeling tone of connection. So while we're talking about nature's language, let's take it out a little further. You speak okay. of the you speak of the stars as doorways. Would you go into that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So this is a kabbalistic uh, awareness, and that is. Um, that every star, when you look up in the sky, we see an orb where we see there's this, this celestial orb that's hanging. And yet, what it really is is an, a doorway that's opening into the world of light. So the perception, so that's why I say on that page, switch your perception now. Switch your perception and see instead of orbs, uh, stars or round orbs, see them as open holes into a reality of light. Do you think each one is different, and are they consistently different? Like, do they have personalities, if you will, or archetypical representations? Well, each star is a soul, and each star actually correlates with a soul here on the planet. We each have a star somewhere out there that is us in in pure fire and pure light. And uh, so these stars, these gateways, um, live in the paradox of of being uh, 
a hole in the universe, an opening, and at the same time being a, a an orb. So that that is the mystical, holding that paradox between two linear concepts. We say how can it can't be both? It's like in quantum physics. What do you mean particles and waves? It can't be both. But in the greater reality, it really it is both. It's just our linear minds haven't quite figured out how to experience that yet. And yes, each star is also an angelic presence. Um, each star has an energy. The way that the patterns of the celestial bodies lay in the fabric of our universe, we see them as the zodiac. Each of those patterns are a specific energy and frequency from the worlds of light. Uh, you can meditate on them. You can meditate on a particular star or a planet, and you will feel an energy. You will feel a presence uh, beginning to work with you. Well, we're going to have to dance with the stars a little bit on the other side of this next <laughs> commercial break, and we will okay. take another quick break. Before we pause, though, let me remind you to watch for the amazing upcoming Galactic Shamanism and Children of Tomorrow classes on www.findyourpathhome.com. Deirdre and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bridging together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one that would enjoy them. 
Our guest this hour is the author of the not-so-little book of surprises, Deirdre Hayde. Her website, DeirdreHayde.com. Deirdre, we were talking about the stars, and one thing you said that just really kind of ignited my shamanic bones is um, you were talking about how each person has a star. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. They still do this ceremony today. The Lakota, that's why the Black Hills were so important to them, is they had a representation, a sacred site for each star in a particular constellation on, in, in a location in the Black Hills. There were a family line that represented each star, and someone from that family line would go, if I believe it was the equinox or the solstice, and uh, perform a particular ceremony that had been handed down for generations. So can you link that with what you just told me about each person having a star? Oh, yes, and that's a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, ceremony. and, and it, But it's more than a ceremony, really what the uh, indigenous people, the Lakota, I'm part, I am actually, my grandmother was uh, Lakota Sioux. Um, the, the binding of the world, that really is the, the, the practice. Of right, linking heaven and earth, right? The binding of the frequencies, mm-hmm. the keeping the gates open, the, the bringing the divine energy into our world, um, and these these traditions, uh, which have been uh, many have been lost. Those are the ancient traditions, um, but they do more than our linear kind of scientific trained mind can comprehend. They really move into the magic of of taking frequency. And making free, becoming artists of frequency and binding frequency together, so that we do live in order and harmony. Um, so we we're resetting ourselves. Of- we're resetting ourselves using the stellar cycles by exactly. resetting on a, on, a, on a consistent at a consistent time where everything lines up with people that line up with those stars. Do you think that the loss of that is part of why we're seeing so much chaos at this time? I absolutely feel the loss of this. Uh, contributes to chaos. Absolutely. Every uh, culture I've ever worked with and studied with has a tradition of people, beings, uh, whether they're shamans or priests, medicine men, whose job it is to uh, keep order and harmony between the the multi-layered realities uh, for everyone else. And when we don't have this, when we don't have, we don't uh, have a practice that is uh, carried from the beginning of time, our reality begins to get more chaotic. So we have, um, we talked earlier, we're kind of going full circle circle here, Mm -hmm. but each person has really their own rendition of reality. But each rendition of reality, like each different star, has a place in the puzzle of life. But what connects the puzzle of life together would be the frequencies or the combined frequencies. And if we're not aligned with the sound of nature, whether it's stellar or earth-based, we can't put it together. So how can we start participating again if these traditions have been lost? Well, very, uh, it's actually very simple. Every, each one of us uh, in the Western world has replaced ritual with habit. We're all ritualistic, but we have habits. And so what I would encourage you to rediscover 
the the true ritual of you is to just use your imagination. What would be a ritual, something sacred, uh, to where you could stop uh, the mind from its everyday wandering and really focus on beauty, on love, on order, on harmony, even if it's as simple as get up in the morning, you light a candle, and sit with the candle for five minutes. So you're saying ritual can reprogram the mind? Yes, absolutely. That would be very and freeing, it, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, it, it, it works because our minds are built on ritual. That's how the uh, stories, the components, that's how the synapses, they fire in an order. And that order of story, well, it's put into a ritual it gives us a greater understanding. It gives us the ability to know nature's language. But when we're out of touch with that, it just goes into habit. And most of those habits are bad habits. They're bad habits of thought. we telling ourselves negative uh, stories that keep us from being who we are. Um, they're bad health habits, uh, bad habits of the heart, um, and and we can change that by coming into a more natural state, which is a healthy habit of the heart, uh, which is being in the frequency of love. Uh, you know, healthy thoughts. Um, well, this really brings all this brings this. us this brings us to my next question of what mm -hmm. is what is it to be a choice point? Yes. Well, in this uh, passage in uh, the book of surprises, what I'm saying and what the Celestial beings are saying, uh, this this message was given to me um, by the archangels, and they what they said to us is, we you, you humans, you know this reality, we are at a choice point, and that the choices that we make between now and the next twenty years will decide what the next million years of our uh, incarnation going to look like what puts um, us in that position right now well that's a very good question uh we'll we'll have to, i'm going to ask them right now what put, because they're going to they're going to tell me um i'm sorry who, who's saying, i'm confused who's they they are the the archangels so this this prophecy came to me from the archangels they spoke to me and they said to humanity you are at a choice point you are at a time when you will choose what the next million years is going to look like it's the only time um that you will have that you you've been given this opportunity what they're telling me is that because of the technology a the technology we have we can leave an imprint that will last a million years well Deirdre, um, Deirdre, we I, have, couldn't. I have i have a quick question mm -hmm. for you yes. you know a lot a lot of people hear voices or hear information how can you tell where your information is coming from and that it's reliable. What kind of checks and balances do you have? Yes, well, for me, my checks and balances uh, are I always connect into the frequency. And if I hear something and I'm feeling an overwhelming sense of love, when I if I feel completely one with all of creation, and the voice or the message to me really aligns with a greater truth, is it love? Is it wisdom? Is it kindness? Is it caring? Is it compassionate? Um, I know that that's a voice coming from 
the source of God. Uh, so if a voice comes in and, you know, it says, here, go shoot somebody, you know, that's not the voice of God. Um, oh, I don't know. He had somebody butchering <laughs> his son and finally traded out for a, a baby lamb or something, as I recall, in, in the Old Testament, right? Well, let's look at this. I'm a, I can't say I'm a rabbi, but I've studied mystical uh, Torah for over 20 years. And in that story, that story is actually a story of consciousness. Uh, where um, you, Abraham was going to, you know, sacrifice his son, and what the story of consciousness is that we, uh, God is saying to us, you've misunderstood what I said. What you, you've heard through your own filters my voice and misinterpreted it that you are to make uh, sacrifices that are too great, and that I'm not asking you to sacrifice. I'm to worship me. You do not have to sacrifice. And at that time in history, there was a lot of human sacrifice. People believed if you made human sacrifice to the gods, the gods would uh, give you harvest and, and rain. But what God was saying in this story is, no, I've never asked you to make a sacrifice because you are precious. You well, are we're, to we're, we've only got a couple minutes mm -hmm. left in this segment. So I'd like you to tell us if you could offer one piece of advice for people looking for more out of life to, to open up to new possibility. What would that piece of advice be? My advice to you would be know your core values, meditate on these, have your core values, uh, one, two, and three, right up front center in your mind, and operate and live and do everything from your core value because that core value lines up with a greater net of reality and that is where the miracles and the magic really uh, get formed. That's what I would say to go do. That's, and you'll real, quickly, real quickly, what is a mm -hmm. core value? A core value would be, like my core value is um, to love no matter what. Uh, my husband's core value that he's working on is that he, he is, what he says and his actions always line up. He's not a hypocrite in anything. Um, those are core values. Values are virtue. And there well, are virtues. You know, illusionary as, illusionary, illusionary as it may be, I have mm -hmm. yet to learn to make time stand still and now we're out of it. Deirdre, thanks thank so much for coming on the show. Thank and you sharing your amazing insights. Our guest this hour has been mystic, spiritual teacher, visionary leader, and author of the not-so-little book of surprises, Deirdre Haid. Her website, DeirdreHaid.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Until next time, dear hearts, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love and live a surprising life.